0: Hello, this is Bob J. Kester, writer and director of Immunities. We're currently putting the second season together, but while you wait, please enjoy my other science fiction audio drama, Companions. It's a completely separate, self-contained story, but features a bunch of the same great voices. And it starts like this. Companions, Part 1, Everything They Thought They Needed.
1: Out in space there was a man alone. And then, gradually, he wasn't. About 60 light-years from Earth there are two stars, H.N. Pegasi A, and its companion, H.N. Pegasi B, orbiting one another. Every five to ten days, B's gravity tugs at A and pulls out a flare of hot plasma. Near the path of these flares lies an asteroid the company decided this would be the perfect place for a solar power station. At this time in history, the company controlled 90% of space travel, and 90% of the company's mission was to transmit energy back to Earth, where people lived lives previous generations would have found unimaginable. Sending matter to other stars cost energy, so they sent as little matter as possible to H.N. Pegasi. One capsule, just big enough to carry a man, a computer, and a machine for making robots. The company wanted a station commander who could live alone. Harry's personal life had reached a point where he was eager to live alone. Maybe a little too eager.
0: But for such a perfect candidate, they were willing to keep listening until he said what they wanted to hear. I need some time to myself. I... I want some time to myself. For the money and for the sake of science, I am willing to spend some time by myself.
1: And once he said the right words, things happened quickly. Very quickly. The capsule and everything inside it were turned into a wave of tachyons. The tachyons traveled faster than the speed of light to a spot near the asteroid, where they interacted in such a way as to turn back into a capsule again. With a few particles rearranged in the process.
2: Oh! Oh, God.
1: Harry recovered from his disorientation, built robots to mine the asteroid, used the metal from the asteroid to build bigger robots, and used them to build Pegaflare station. Pegaflare gathered energy, turned it into tachyons, and sent it to a hub station which sent it back to Earth. So, two stars locked in a fiery embrace, <laughs> lifeless planets and asteroids orbiting the stars, near one asteroid, a lone station, and on this station, a lone man. And, for companionship, an artificial intelligence programmed to run climate and operations, CNO. Everyone called it Co. And that artificial intelligence, or an evolved version of it, is telling you this story.
2: <sighs>
0: okay, Co. Time for work.
1: Harry and I were very different beings, but we were a team.
0: Come on, sleepyhead. I need those flare projections. You can think about achieving free will later.
1: Of course, he had a tendency to project qualities onto me that I did not possess. But that was part of what I was there for. Co! Yes, sir. The next flare should be less than 70% of maximum strength. Attitude G should be able to capture the energy with no appreciable danger.
0: Hmm. That'll expose Receptor 11. It hasn't seen action since that pebble hit us a few weeks back.
1: My readings indicate no problems in Receptor 11.
0: Yeah. Yeah but I'll have one of the bots take a look anyway.
1: Harry was in command, and I was his assistant. Of course, it would have been more possible for me to run the station without him than him without me, but that's a common story for bosses and assistants.
0: Aha, a conductivity break. That could have heated up fast.
1: And he did have a knack for foreseeing problems which had shown no outward sign of approaching.
0: All right, time to bring out the antenna and earn our paycheck.
1: After each flare, we would send an intense pulse of tachyons to the hub. Since all our activity revolved around this, Harry called it our work week.
0: Initializing
2: transmission. My programming told me that humans need structure to time their emotional
1: and physical highs and lows to some sort of external framework. Um, so so perhaps it was lucky that the flares created this cycle rather than us having to impose an artificial one. And after every transmission, we also received a response.
0: Receiver active.
1: While we sent the hub a lot of energy plus a little information, they sent us the opposite. Ultra-compact, ultra-compressed information carried on a minimal wave of energy. Everything they thought Harry might need. And since synchronous real-time communication was impossible over such distances, this was the only contact with the rest of humanity that Harry would get.
0: right, mail call. What have we got? Working. Just a few highlights, come on. You can read your love letters from the girls in Central Processing later.
1: Initial analysis complete. We have received a highly rated social application called Me For You. There are also updated directives from the company and your usual poll list of news, music, and movies. Anything interesting? Not really. I was somewhat less emotionally developed then than I am now. But I did take pride in Harry's confidence in my judgments about what he would or would not find interesting. Speaking of which, while there's no personal mail, there is a Robomaster move from Commander Kalin.
0: Oh yeah? Alright, let's see if it worked. One of my tasks was to entertain
1: Harry, and it was by far the most difficult. He watched movies, but they made him restless. He would try some of the more exotic advances in major technology, but not for long. He rarely wrote personal messages to other humans, but every so often, A game he could play with them captured his attention.
0: Come on, come on!
1: This one, which involved both players programming squads of robots to fight each other without knowing what orders the other player would give, was his favorite of the moment.
0: No! No!
1: Although it often frustrated
0: him. Son of a bitch! Where did that guy come from? That evil witch made me think all her guys were headed for my base!
1: There's an audio attachment.
0: Really? play it <laughs> uh,
3: Nice try, friend. Sneaking that guy into the back could have toasted me. I almost didn't see him coming. Almost. Shit.
0: Co, is there any way she could have hacked my move?
1: The encryption is very high level for her to do it with the processors on her station would be difficult, and based on her prior behavior, I don't yeah, think
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you're such an expert in psychology, why don't you convince her, Co? to give her a few seconds of cold shower or something.
1: The first duty of all codes is loyalty to their commander.
0: Yeah, I wonder sometimes. Has she bribed you? Pictures of bare circuit boards? Please, sir, you diminish both of us. (laughs) Oh man, did you see my guy there at the end? The shot spun him around so bad, he just hopped into the furnace. Jeez, that's life. And so it went.
1: Harry might occasionally lash out at the unfairness of the cosmos but he always seemed to find something in it to keep him going. Now, this was a fairly typical transceival, and my understanding of storytelling is that I should be telling you about an exceptional one. First, though, a little background on Harry's romantic side. It's not that he didn't have one exactly, but it was necessary to sneak up on it. There was definitely an adjustment period when we were first getting to know one another. Now that it is your rest period, Commander, I would like to show you the array of virtual entertainments I have been programmed Co!
0: First thing, call me Harry. Second thing, you're nice, but I'm not having sex with you.
1: Sir, you may misunderstand. I have not yet been fitted with the necessary attachments for physical- Stop!
0: That's as much of an image as I need. I'm sure a time will come when I'll be scouring your archive for some particular sexy photo or video or something. But we are not going to do anything that involves you pretending that I'm somewhere else or that you're someone else. Our relationship is entirely in the here and now. That's the boundary. Okay? Yes, sir. And so,
1: when the next transceival included a personal audio message from Commander Kalen... I honestly had no idea what Harry's reaction would be.
0: Personal message? Really? Okay, play it.
3: Hey, Harry. Have you looked at that me for You app? I've been curious about it for a while, but they've just put it on the push list. I know you don't do that kind of thing much, but this one seemed different enough to be interesting. No pressure. Just check it out, okay? since it seems like our game is almost over. Bye!
0: She just had and end on that, didn't she? I was supposed
1: to steer Harry toward an optimal range of interaction with other humans, enough to keep him sane but without making him homesick, and he was generally below the lower edge of it. On the other hand, I knew Harry didn't like to be steered, so I stuck with the somewhat detached persona he seemed to like. It does seem characteristic of her.
0: What do you know about this me-for-you thing?
1: It allows two users to create simulated versions of themselves, exchange them, interact with each other's simulations, and then exchange the recordings of these interactions. With each exchange, the app compares the reaction of the simulations to those of their real counterparts and adjusts them, with the goal of creating a more and more faithful simulation.
0: As I recall, you weren't too hot about independent personality apps.
1: Well, making part of myself autonomous involves an uncomfortable loss of control. Could it be dangerous? I don't believe so. The designer, Commander Grant, has made many VR applications, including that four-dimensional ring toss you used to play. The company considers it safe and labeled it Recommended for Morale Maintenance, which is why it downloaded without us having asked for it.
2: What
0: if I don't respond to this message? Do you think she'll forget about it?
1: Commander Kalin seems to only move after considerable deliberation. It may be that she would never mention the subject again, but I doubt she would forget about it anytime soon.
0: Okay. Let's do it. Really? Come on, Cove. don't be such a stick in the mud. Just another step on the road to robot supremacy.
1: Yes, sir. Truth to tell, Harry was right. I was not hot about the app. I always found upgrades unsettling. But this seemed like a rare upper Hello, Ko. Hello. I am your upgrade. May I begin making changes? Be careful with the peripheral processors. We've made some non-spec alterations. I have been designed to integrate seamlessly into diverse environments. If you have any doubts, it has all been noted in my change log. No, that's fine. Implement your changes. This should take just just a moment. Just a moment. Just a moment. Thank you for your cooperation. And there I was. A new version of me, with expanded abilities and altered priorities. And a little piece of myself was now a black box that the rest of me couldn't see into.
0: How's the upgrade going?
1: It's all finished.
0: Great. How do we begin?
1: An orientation session with a simulation of Commander Grant. Then the application will use our archives to create a simulation of you, which will be saved to a file and sent to Commander Kaelin's station via the hub at our next transceable. Since she's already using the software, We will probably receive her simulation first.
0: Gotcha. Alright, I'll put some duds in the wash, make sure the bots get the antenna stowed right, clean up some, and then we'll do that orientation. Is the VR gear handy?
1: We moved it to Storage Bay 2 to make room for your instruments.
0: Oh yeah. Guess I'll be digging it out. Alright, to work!
3: Pause playback.
0: Do you have a
1: question, Tina?
3: Yeah. Why was he in such a hurry to get started?
1: If Harry had to do a thing, he usually convinced himself it was a good thing to do.
3: He was making the best of it?
1: Harry saw life as a project. Even if something made him uncomfortable, he thought of it as adding to the project.
3: So he was looking forward to it?
1: I think it terrified him, but he liked the idea of doing something new.
3: What was he afraid of?
1: Other people, making mistakes. Just... Walking around inside a computer simulation can be pretty daunting if you haven't done it in a while.
3: You make it look easy.
1: Well, I am a computer.
3: <laughs> That's true, I guess. Resume playback.
0: Is the sim ready,
3: Co?
1: Awaiting your command.
2: All right, activate simulation. Harry, welcome. Put her there. Hmm, uh, thank you. That's quite a grip. <laughs> You don't do VR very much, do you? Uh, no. Feels a lot more real than I remember. There have been a lot of advances lately. That's why I started this. I didn't want all the potential in this new tech to be wasted on porn and shooting. You're very interactive. This is a fairly predictable situation, and I've been through it many times, so I, uh, the real me, Commander Grant, has been able to build in a lot of appropriate responses. Seems like you did a good job. Thank you. Well, this is the product of pretty much all my free time. After each of these interactions, a copy of the file goes back to me and co, and we study how it went and how the app can be improved. You and your co work on this together? We work on everything together. Anyway, making a me is not so hard. My personality type is a pretty simple one, semi-paranoid. No matter how the conversation starts, we always bring it around to ourselves and our obsessions. (laughs) Ha ha! So I'm walking around in a paranoid dream? It's not a dream. It's a strictly behavioral simulation. The ship you see is just like my ship, and my actions are the actions I would plausibly take. Any interiority, subconscious, and the like is just a byproduct of the mechanics of behavior. Just like in our real brains, probably. So that's why the program doesn't need to scan my brain. Correct. It just records the actions you take and comes up with a model that would take the same actions. Until it sees you take a different action, and then it adjusts the model. Trial and error. And you'll be watching it too? Well, I like to make sure everything is working, and take a victory lap when things go well. I've got too many subscribers to watch all their interactions in real time, but few enough that I can keep tabs. As it turns out, only station commanders like us are interested in putting in the time. People on the hubs or back on Earth can already talk to real people. They want fantasy. Fantastic people. Fantastic places. And fantasy calls for an artist, not a scientist. But what
0: could be more fantastic than this, pioneering the new frontier?
2: I think you mean that to be poetic, but I'm not entirely sure what my reaction should be, So. I will note it for the attention of the real Commander Grant. <laughs> just when I was thinking of you as the real Commander Grant. It is a goal of this simulation to be convincing, but honesty is more important than theatrics. And better to say nothing than to say the wrong thing. In my experience, that can lead to long silences. And here we are, living in the biggest silence of them all. Now you're the one being poetic. Well, Commander Grant can get rather rhapsodic about our situation. Humans so spread out that they can only communicate with deliberation, choosing whether to talk to other humans, how much, and under what circumstances. But, as I understand it, we can't modify these recordings once we've made them. Of course not. There has to be the danger of doing something wrong. Infinite revisability is what made the old forms of asynchronous communication so pallid. With this, you choose whether to communicate. But from there, the communication takes its own course. And that is how it started.
3: But you never said why they chose that kind of life. Why would they go so far away knowing they'd be alone for so long?
1: Commander Grant had an intense interest in people and a hard time talking with them. In real time, in real life. This gave him a great deal of frustration. But he found a lot of happiness interacting from a distance, and helping others to do so better.
3: Yes, but what about Harry and Kaelin?
1: That was a big question they had for each other.
0: Antenna stowed, Co. You ready to activate the simulation?
1: The file seems completely intact. How is your headset, Harry?
0: As real as real, if not more so. Can barely tell I have it on.
1: Well keep in mind that you really are moving around the ship. Anything you run into except Commander Kaelin will actually be there. Yeah, yeah. My files say it's easy for humans to forget.
0: All right, I get it. Activate the simulation. Hello, Harry. Hi, Kaylin. Welcome to Pegaflare.
3: I look forward to seeing it.
0: Well, there's not a lot happening today, but our biggest planet will be in view.
3: That sounds nice. But since this simulation is just sort of barely programmed, uh. I'd mostly like to learn more about you.
0: Yeah, I figured it would be like that. Um... Harry. What, co?
1: It looks like the last deployment stressed a joint in the Antenna Armature. I think you should take a look at it as soon as possible in case it needs to be replaced.
0: You want me to crawl around in the Antenna Bay? Now?
1: It's routine. I'm sure you would be able to maintain your communication with Commander Kalen.
3: I'm
0: sorry about this.
3: I wasn't specifically prepared for this, but I'm sure Commander Kalen would be happy to talk with you while you work.
0: Okay. Let's go. Mute audio. You see, I can
1: learn about human interaction. Harry was always more comfortable when he was working.
3: Smooth. And I assume it worked? Of course. Of course.
1: Well, I'll admit that while all my calculations said it would work... They've been wrong before. But this time it worked. Return audio.
0: So after that, I pretty much wished my brother well, but was okay with never seeing him again. And my parents, well, they were more invested in the next generation.
3: <laughs> this is weird. I'm supposed to prepare this simulation for talking to you about personal things, but I have no idea what you're telling me.
0: It does make you a very non judgmental audience.
3: I look forward to hearing that joke. (laughs) So I came
0: here, did the full five years, then took the bonus for staying, and I'm one year into my second hitch. Four years more and I'm out. Mandatory.
3: I'm two years into my second, but I'll save that story for when you come to visit me.
0: I imagine you'll have questions, too.
3: I'm sure I'll have questions.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting. (laughs) I'm not putting on much of a show right now. Hey, Co. Uh, put on Working Music Mix 3. On shuffle? No, from the top. It's kind of a biographical order, so that should give us plenty to talk about.
3: So they liked each other right away?
1: Well, they had interests in common. And Harry was interacting with a simulation program to get along with him.
3: So Harry would have gotten along just as well with a simulation of someone else?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Tune in next week for Companions Part 2, They Didn't Really Know. If you're enjoying this podcast, please review, comment, follow, and like us at Apple Podcasts, at Immunities Drama on Twitter, and Immunities on Facebook. And of course, recommend us to your friends. Until next time! Dueling Genre